attention, attention please. The Camp Ojibwa History Podcast is on the air. Welcome to the Campo Ojibwa History Podcast. My name is Christopher Thomason. I'm your host for this and many, many more trips down memory lane. The Campo Ojibwa History Podcast is a podcast dedicated to collecting the stories, the history, the memories of Campo Ojibwa for Boys in Eagle River, Wisconsin, founded 1928. Today's guest on the podcast, Ronnie Lakin. Ron Lagan was a camper in the in 1949, started in 1949, and was a camper and counselor in the early 50s. He's got some great memories, some great stories, even brought a special guest to the podcast interview I wasn't expecting that led into an incredible story. So you're going to love that. Before we get to Ron, of course... Time is running out. We're in the last uh, home stretch. couple of weeks left to get your Camp Ojibwa Bricks of Fame. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have not been listening nearly enough. <laughs> uh, the Camp Ojibwa History Bricks of Fame. Go over to campojibwahistory.org. Click on Bricks of Fame to get your bricks now. Uh, January 31st, we're going to be wrapping that up. So if you want to have your name forever ensconced, on the grounds of Camp Ojibwa, right beneath the Collegiate Week bench, head over to campojibwahistory.org and click on Bricks of Fame. That's all the plugs for this week, so we're going to get right into the show. Here he is, Ron Lakin, on the Camp Ojibwa History Podcast. The road is long. State your name and years at camp. Uh, Ronnie Lakin, L-A-K-I-N. I started when I was 13 years old in 1949. I was a camper at 13 years old, 14 years old, and 15 years old in cabin 13. Became a junior counselor uh, for two years, and then two more years I was a counselor. Nice. So I had seven years there. Nice. Um, how did you first find out about camp? Well, my father thought that it would be a good idea if I get away for the summer and go to camp. And I was pretty good at, in athletics. Mm. And he said to me, Ojibwa has a reputation. They do a lot of athletics. They play softball, basketball, Certainly. whatever. So he thought that would be a good place, and that's how we got, I went there. Nice. Did yeah. he? Did they know Al or anything, or they just knew no, of the camp? No, I met. The I met Mickey Schwartz there, and all the guys that I know now. Yeah. I met them at camp. Yeah. Nice. So did they come over to your house and do a camp call, and sort they, of tell you about camp? I think and, yeah, Al. I think Al came over. Yeah, and just sat down and explained everything, and 
we were comfortable and away we went. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so you head up to Camp Ojibwe. What's the first thing you remember about camp? Well, the first thing I remember was, you know, looking at it and, and seeing what a terrific grounds there were and mm-hmm. everything. Uh, the cabins were right around the softball field. And uh, just going into cabin 13, with the double, the doubles. Oh, yeah. Upper, lower. I ended up in the upper. And uh, that's I met Mickey. Mickey made me feel very comfortable, and uh, away we went. Yeah. Yeah, it started. That's great. What was the camp day like back then for a, for a younger camper? Well, you know, it's every morning it was a dip and shower, get up, uh, do your little stretching, dip and shower if you wanted to. Hmm. You can either go into the uh, Catfish Lake and jump in there, take a quick swim, or I used to go into the, uh, take a shower and get ready. We have breakfast, and then... We had our activities, which were, you know, all set up for us. Yeah. We either played softball or uh, did a whole bunch of different things, yeah. Mm-hmm. You had your, the league sports? League sports, Did you yeah. have a sport that you was your favorite while you were well, there? Well, I, I ended up being a high school and college basketball player. Ah. So I loved basketball, but I also played softball, and both sports I loved. Yeah. Softball was the big thing at camp. Softball in those was days, the right? big thing at camp, not basketball. Yeah. No. But we did we did have games. We did have basketball games. Yeah. yeah. Your cabin experience. Is this the first time you've been away from home at first that point? First time I've been away from home. Uh, first time I've been in anything like this. Mm. First time I've been in a cabin like this. Sure. And uh, a- after just a few days, I was extremely comfortable. Mm. Which I was surprised because I was kind of, you know, I'm not so sure about this. <laughs> My dad wanted me to go and, okay. Yeah. Maybe this is a good idea, I yeah. <laughs> Were there, uh, do you remember who your uh, counselors were? Uh, ben Klein. Remember Ben Klein? Mm. I don't know if you remember Ben Mm-mm. Klein. Ben Klein was my counselor, and I think he was our counselor for a few years. I, 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 that's all I remember. Mm. Yeah, I think in those th- and and we still do it to some degree, that the the counselors kind of go with the age group. So right. if you're with a set yeah. of kids, you kind of yeah. keep moving with that set of yeah. kids. Yeah, and Ben was a character. <laughs> He was a character. Any great Ben Klein stories? Yeah, no, not really. Just that he was, he was, he made us feel very at ease, mm. and he was very good. But he was, he was a character. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so outside of the sports, are there other activities that really stick out? I mean, did you guys do sort of like Circus Day, Gold Rush Day, those sorts well, of things? There was Watermelon League. There was uh, a Collegiate Week. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, Collegiate Week is is the thing. Oh, Collegiate Week was, was it still? big, huge, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I started out as a camper, and when I was a junior counselor and a counselor, I did win Collegiate Week one year. Very nice. And uh, uh, one of the highlights I, I always remember was uh, Parents Week, when parents came up for the weekend. Mm, sure. They had, we always had a minstrel show. And guess what? Mickey Schwartz says, you know, maybe we can put on a minstrel show of ourselves. So myself, uh, Dave Goodman, uh, Doc Seffron, we imitated at that time, uh, Arthur Godfrey used to have, there's no Mariners or Baroners, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Whatever their name was, the Mariners, we call ourselves the Baroners. And we got up there and we entertained, and it was something I'll never forget. Wow. I never did it before, <laughs> the four of us. And, yeah. you know, it was just a very great experience. Now, were you already sort of a like a uh, entertaining kind of kid, or were you? Never. Or was that totally out of left field? Totally out of left field. 
All four of us totally out of oh, left wow. field. Oh, wow. All four of us. And it just all came together. It just all camp. came together, yeah. <laughs> I talk about that a lot with guys because especially in your era, camp is so competitive and it's so known for sports. It is, yeah. But it always had this other side that was very strong that was that entertainment side. Right. And guys, it was, I think it just gave you the freedom to do it. Yeah, it was like it was it was a very special week mm-hmm. and the parents were wonderful to all of us and it just it was just great. That's great. That's all I could tell you. <laughs> what about like after taps? What kind of uh, shenanigans happened in your cat? Was there after lights out? Was it pretty strict? Was it lights out or did yeah, you get it was, to? It was lights out. And, you know, I mean, the day is long and mm. you, you get set. To, you, you, they give you three meals. You play your sports. You do your thing. And by the time the lights went out, uh, I mean, everybody was just, you know, it wasn't nothing special happened. Yeah. That I can sure. recall. Sure. Yeah. Um, these days at camp, uh, and I think it's just uh, a symptom of kids being up later, being more over- overstimulated, whether it's with the, their screens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, lights out for the older cabins. I mean, they're still up, and they're up for a long time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were up. I mean, we, we talked, and but I mean, there's nothing specific that I could tell gotcha. you that happened other than we just, because we got to know each other very well. And you got to remember, my third year up there, I'm already 15, Next year, I'm going to be a junior counselor. So, already I knew all the guys in the cabin. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you know. What neighborhood were you from? Uh, I was born at Division in Kedzie, and we eventually moved up north, hmm. and we lived in, uh, uh, what are we, in Skokie? West Rogers. West Rogers Park, then Skokie. Hmm. Yeah. Now, at that time, we're. When we were married. When we were married, yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you listening, we have a, a guest sitting in uh, for part of the podcast, but we'll hear more from her later. Um, <laughs> I just wonder, uh, because in those days, that's when the where the camp kids started to migrate north. So uh, prior right. to that, they'd been downtown Correct. kids and south siders, right. and they started to move up to the northern yep. suburbs. Yep. So that was right in the beginning of that. Tell me about uh, the Braves. Uh, was the Braves uh, organization I you was were a member with? of the Braves, yeah. And uh, I was... They have a ceremony where you get into the Braves. Sure. I was an Ojibwe Brave. Very nice. And a pretty tough ceremony back in those days. Yeah. (laughs) It was a a tough ceremony, but, I mean, you were proud to be an Ojibwe Brave. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you have to suffer through a day on Brave Silence, do a lot of chores. Yeah. Some other things. It was a good thing, and uh, uh, I, I can't remember anything specific other than the fact that I went through the procedure, mm-hmm. uh, other guys went through it. It was, you know. It was part of it. And I felt very proud to be an Ojibwe Brave. Nice. <laughs> very nice. Uh, and so then you're there for for three years. You're in cabin 13 for just one of those all years? Three, or, all three. All three you're in Yeah, 13. I started out in cabin 13. Yeah. Right. Um, now these days uh, we have a cabin 14. And so no one's in a cabin more than one year. Oh, but okay. in those days, because of the way the ages rolled, you were in there for at least two, right. sometimes yeah. three, depending it's on. like you said, cabin 14 was the mess hall. Not the or mess the hall. dad's lodge. The, the dad's lodge, yeah. right, yeah. And yeah. that was a big thing then. Yeah. The dads yeah. were a presence because there was yeah. always some dads at camp back in those days. Yeah. Plus, well, there was always a doctor up there. One of, one of the, uh, uh, the people who were campers always had somebody, a father or somebody, mm. who was a doctor. They would come up for two weeks at a time. And take care of us. Nice. Yeah. That was That's really nice. Great. So the doctor, and they had a nurse there. 
it's very, very, very well run. Yeah, that's important stuff. I mean, it, some of the camps don't eat, don't have doctors at all. Some of the camps just have a nurse or two. And then um, we actually, we always do keep a doctor. On We have a doctor, George Sachs, who you may remember from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, George is... I remember him, yeah. He's there all summer, and then we also have doctors, just like you were describing, that come in that are connected to campers. They're either parents or whatever, and they come in through the summer. But other, there are some other camps up there that don't have doctors, so we'll get a phone call. Hey, can you look at this kid? Can you look at whatever? Because they don't have it. Yeah, and specifically, Pearl Schwartz and Molly Baum mm. were very, very nice to all the campers. If you ever needed anything or didn't feel good, they would you know come and talk to you or... Whatever they were, excellent, excellent people to have in camp. What I like to talk to about people who were there is that who about Pearl and about Alan. What was it like interacting with them? Did you have a personal relationship? Well, or I, you it... know, I became very friendly with Mickey, so I, I think we had a little bit of a personal relationship. Yeah, I could tell you one story which I'll never forget. Okay, <laughs> when I became a counselor, uh, you know, and I, I I'm actually I'm, I'm running a cabin. I'm taking care of. I give the kids instruction in either softball or basketball, and we always would have basketball games for the for the you know for the counselors. Mm. And I I got a little sick, and one of the doctors gave me an antibiotic, and told me to take it easy. But there was a basketball game. Sure. So I went out <laughs> and I played in the basketball game, and I overdid it, and I really really wasn't feeling great, and I had a go into the cabin and really lay down. Al Schwartz came in and read the Ryan Act. He says, what was wrong with you? I says, you should know better. I said, you're a counselor here. You got to, you know, set an example. You go out there, they gave you an antibiotic and blah, blah, blah. And I mean, he really ripped into me. Mm. He leaves no later than 10 minutes later. Pearl knocks on the door, sits down. He says, you know how, what Al thinks of you. He says, you're very, very, he's very fond of you. You're, he looks up to you. He loves you. He says, you got to understand that he's doing this for you. He's not mad at you, but, you know, you learned a lesson, and let's not forget it. Mm. But that's the kind of woman she was. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that says a lot about how they both work together, That's how too. exactly how they <laughs> both work. Yeah. Yeah, and then Molly was a permanent fixture, basically, too, in those days. Molly Baum, Molly right? was, yeah, she was there every year. And Davey Baum was a camper with us. Mm. Davey was an, became an instructor in Waterfront. He, he, was a, he uh, participated in swimming in high school and college, and he was an excellent Waterfront guy. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and Molly's husband was also around? Molly's well? husband was around there, too, yeah. He was kind of, Molly was kind of the, the boss of the family. Though. I see. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was the leader. Yeah, he was just getting. The he vacation. was kind of a nice, very nice guy. Very quiet. Ah, yeah. So moving forward just a little bit, uh, tell me about being a counselor and what that was like. How it was it better? Was it worse? What were the things you yeah, liked? Yeah, no, it, it was. It was a lot of fun because you were in charge of the uh, the campers, and uh, I think honestly, I was a very good athlete, and the campers looked up to me. Mm, sure, and. Uh, we had great relationships. The parents would come up and all commend us on how we're handling the kids. And uh, it, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I didn't have any problem with the kids, luckily. Yeah. There was no particular kid that gave me a problem. And sure. Luckily. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, for sure, of course. I mean, all the kids that are in <laughs> camp, you're going to have a few kids. You're going to get a problem kids. once in a while, yeah, for sure. I was very fortunate. <laughs> and uh, as a junior counselor and counselor, I didn't have any problems. 
and I enjoy it every year, every minute that I was yeah. in that gym. Did you have older kids or younger kids? I was in cabin seven, I think, okay. which was in like the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right on. So yeah, <laughs> you don't seven. have the young, young kids no, that are still no, super no. homesick, but, but you also was, don't have the fine. old kids. It was who are, nice, yeah. yeah. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Um, as far as being a counselor, what are some of the other aspects that come into play? So at that point, you, you come back as a JC and you wait tables. Junior counselor, you, you wait on tables. You get so to play forth. in the leagues, though, still, right? Yeah, you get to play in the leagues. And uh, like every year, Menominee, Camp Menominee used to come up. We used to play them. There was also a group of... Uh, men that were trained to be priests and they weren't that far away from us and mm. they used to come over and play us once a year That's and we would participate in a big game against them huh. like a seminary kind of a thing yes yeah, seminary mm-hmm. it was a seminary i forget the name of the place but uh, they would come once a year and we play a game and i remember one particular guy was a great football player from notre dame oh but now he's becoming a priest Hmm. And he played in the game against us. It was very exciting. Yeah. And, uh, for example, Menominee, when they came over, had, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, great football player from Austin. Uh, they, uh, not Davey, but um, uh, Mickey Gitlitz. Mm. I don't know if you remember Mickey mm. Gitlitz. Mickey Gitlitz was a great football player from Austin High School. Went to the University of Wisconsin, was Alan Amici's backup. And he, first of all, went to Menominee. Wow. The last year I was up at Camp Ojibwa, he came to Camp Ojibwa, and Mickey and I became friendly. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's I, I, I just remember some great relationships. Yeah, for and, sure. Yeah. Talking about those uh, playing the other, camp, or the other camp and the seminary, yeah. uh, that was a th- uh, we still do intercamp games today, but we don't do that sort of reaching out to the community. Yeah. In those days, you guys even maybe played the town teams or things like that once in well, a while. Well, just those two. Yeah. Just those two. The other thing we did, and this was this was typical Al Schwartz, Ray Meyer, the great DePaul basketball coach, mm-hmm. had his camp up there during the summer where guys would come up there and he'd coach them during the summer. Oh, sure. They had a very bad, I think, a fire in the kitchen, and they, they had a lot of damage, and they didn't – have food and everything, Al, for uh, like a week until they can get themselves set up, took food over there, took care of them, helped them out. Wow. And after that, Ray Meyer once a year would come over with his guys, including guys who were, like one guy played for the St. Louis Hawks, you know, oh, and, wow. I, and we would play him in basketball. But he came over there strictly because of Al mm. in relationship, and he would uh, I played basketball for Ray Meyer at DePaul. He always would tell me that he'd never forget what Al Schwartz did for him. Wow. That's the kind of guy Al Schwartz was. It's it's really incredible. I mean, you hear yeah. the stories of the kindness of Al yeah. over yeah. and over and over, and it just it yeah. never ceases to amaze. Yeah, and Katie in the kitchen was a tough little woman. <laughs> I mean, oh, you know, she was... Very good. Just everything there was great. Yeah, Katie and Martin, right? Martin was Katie her husband. Katie and Martin, yeah. Katie and Martin. I've heard some interesting stories yeah. about those two, but the food was... <laughs> oh, God. The food was excellent. Yeah. Always excellent. Wonderful. Uh, so as a staff man, talking about that, um, did you enjoy being able to sort of take care of the kids, or did you find that to be sort of a... Uh... No, it was, it, was, it was good. I mean, it was an experience for me, because I never had that kind of an experience before. Right. Not as a junior counselor, you got a counselor with you, that's doing most of the work. You're just helping out. Sure. But as a counselor, you're the guy in charge. And uh, 
I, the parents came up there and they commended me. And they said the kids are very happy. Thank you for the job you're doing. And I, it made me feel really good, and I, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, uh, collegiate week, I, I was a, one of the captains because I was a counselor now. Right. And I we won collegiate week one year. <laughs> so it was great. What was your team? Uh, our team was uh, University of Southern California. Oh, okay. How's that? That's great. USC. USC, uh, not in the week anymore, and I think they they won one or two ever. Yeah, we won as USC. Yeah. But the thing that was great is that I knew every song from every Big Ten team. <laughs> <laughs> we would sing the songs. Sure. You know, during the collegiate week, you know. Well, that's that was just We're touching back on that. Illinois. Yeah, that goes back to that entertainment side of things. You on just... Wisconsin, I knew every Big Ten song, <laughs> so that was that was great. It was just a lot of fun. Sure. Yeah. Um, you did stunt night back then. You did the songs and you wrote the skits and that sort of thing. Yeah. The, the only time I we participated was what I told you. Oh, I see. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't a showman, but that was that was something I'll never forget. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the song stuff we we talk about it all the time. Like yeah. kids learn these songs, and guys all through the years have either come yeah. out learning all the college songs or Broadway songs yeah. or yeah. songs that were in the Jubilee or the Minstrel Show, and yeah, yeah, they just yeah, no, it was great. The Minstrel Show every year was wonderful, and we got to participate that one year, and yeah. I'll never forget it. Incredible. Never forget it. So as a camper, you had your favorite sports. You had things you liked to do. As a staff guy, what were the things that really stuck out for you that made you want to keep coming back and being staff? It was just a general thing. I mean, the respect that the kids had for you, mm. uh, handling younger kids, it got to be an experience, and uh, seeing the kids develop, uh, helping the kids out in sports. If they had any kind of problem, they would come to you and – you know, you you learn to take care of it. If it's something I couldn't handle, I would take them to a Molly or Pearl or the doctor or whatever. Yeah. And uh, it was just, I, I just, I can only tell you, it was just oh, all the way through being a camper, junior counselor, counselor, each one was a wonderful experience. Nice. But I have to tell you about the best experience. I was going to, now. Too soon? I, no, not at all. <laughs> I was going to say, now, um, this is normally the time where I say, do you have any really great stories from camp that well, you want to share with me? This is my best story. <laughs> this, is, this is what I will always be thankful for for Camp Ojibwa. Hmm. Uh, when I was 15, I was already at Lane Tech. I was a basketball player, mm -hmm. and I was getting ready to go back home, get ready for the season, you know, work out. And Mickey Schwartz came up to me and said, uh, we're short one waiter postseason Al said to ask you would you stay up here for the two weeks and help us out so I said yeah sure I'll be happy to do it so the first uh, day that postseason was my last year at camp last year at camp. my okay, last so year you're at camp a, when you're I was, a counselor I'm 19 okay mm -hmm. and she comes up with a group of girls I'm standing there with one of the other campers Oh, Sid Novak. Oh. Sid was a coach at McKinley High School, Crane Tech High School. Okay. And Sid and I had a wonderful relationship. Oh, great. So you guys had a relationship back home as well? No. I oh, met, just, I oh, met Sid met at camp. Gotcha. But I was a basketball player. Of and, I mean, it was like, and Sid, I mean, was like my father. Mm. He, he just, 
I can't even tell you how great the relationship was. He was very special. He says, why don't you transfer from Lane Tech and come over and play for me? You know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Sure. That's the kind of relationship we had. So anyway, uh, she comes up, and I see her with her girlfriend. And I said to uh, the guy that's with me, oh, that girl, okay. I want her. You can take the other girl. I'm going to take this girl. So I said to the, I said to uh, Mickey and a couple of the guys, when I wait on table tomorrow morning, wherever this young lady sits, I'm waiting on that table. That morning, I waited on her table. We kind of got, you know, a little talk here and there. Mm -hmm. I said to her afterwards, have you ever been in a canoe? And she said, no. I said, how about taking a little canoe ride with me? We got time before we have lunch. So I took her in a canoe in Catfish Lake. Nice. Took a little ride. And then she, you were only there for a week. I was there for two weeks. Five days. Five days she was there. So the five days we became obviously very friendly. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of stuck together and did a lot of things together those five days, including I have one special moment, which I have to tell you, which I really knew I loved her. I'm mm. going to tell you what happened. We had a co-ed softball game. Okay. She's pitching for our team, and I'm playing shortstop, okay? Mm -hmm. My buddy Earl Jaffe is up at the plate, and Earl hits a line drive. This is the 16-inch softball. Sure. Right in her gut, and she goes over backwards, and she's laying there. I run up to her. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? She looks at me with those beautiful face and eyes, and she says, did I hold on to the ball? And I knew that this was the woman I was in love with. I swear to God, this is a true story. That's amazing. I swear to God. I'll never forget it. Anyway, she, obviously she goes home. After the two weeks, I go home. I called her. We started a relationship. We went together for two years, and then we got married. Hmm. It's 58 years now. And so, 60 years together, 58 marriage. Now, do you want to introduce her? <laughs> Her, this is the former Helene Lazar, now Helene Lakin. <laughs> no, I mean, well, but this part's about you. She too, was so. very athletic. She was a volleyball player. She was a, a tennis player, an excellent tennis player. Lefty, great serve, and uh, you know. Now she is sitting in studio with us here in our yeah. beautiful recording studio. Okay. And uh, while she is opting not to be on the mic, I think we should at least get a confirmation that the details of this story are in fact as they happen. Can you at least confirm that Which this one? the story he just told oh, about? Absolutely. Exactly how it happened. Is there anything you would uh, add? The only thing I would add is that Sid was my girlfriend's uncle, and that's why we came oh. up there. And that's why they opened up the camp for both boys and girls at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And there was another story, but that's another thing. But yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it, yeah. Keep a few mysteries for yes. that. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is wonderful. What an incredible story. Uh, I know there's a few great relationship stories from camp over the years, but... Uh, yeah, this is a good one. Yeah, for I sure. I got to tell you one more story about what happened with us. Uh, I became a basketball player at DePaul University. Mm -hmm. And my junior year, I had a fabulous year. I really did. Okay. And we decided we were engaged. We were going to wait until at the end of my senior year to get married. We said, you know what? Let's get married now during the summer's, summer vacation from school. And uh, why wait? Okay. Mm. Okay. So 
Raymeyer finds out that I'm getting married, and he sends a message from the guy who recruited me to DePaul. Tell Ronnie he's either have to decided to be a basketball player or a lover. Because in my experience, if a guy's married, he doesn't have the intensity that he used to have, and he won't be the player he used to be. Mm. So the guy tells me, and I said, is he crazy? I said, I'm going to get married. I'm going to come home every, from school every day. I'm going to have a home-cooked meal. And all the other guys who aren't married are going to be chasing women. They're going to be going to the bars. <laughs> I said, tell them I'd rather be a lover. I was, you know, because I felt so secure. Sure. Guess what? Season comes, and he puts me on the second string. He would not start me. <laughs> okay, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. This, this is funny. Okay. I came off the bench, and I, I still scored in double figures off the bench. And I, at the end of the season, I was picked to play against the Harlem Globetrotters with the college All-American team. Not because of my senior year, but because of what I accomplished in my junior mm. year. Okay. Now I finish. I play seven games against the Globetrotters, get paid, became a professional, mm-hmm. paid $700 a game. Hey. And I went to work 35 years later. We have a, DePaul calls us back. We were the first team to ever play in Alumni Hall. That was one of the things that DePaul played at. Mm. And at at that time, we would play the Notre Dame at the Chicago Stadium and so forth, but the lesser games at at, at DePaul. And so the first game we ever played at Alumni Hall was my team. Mm. Okay, So they called us back 35 years later, really to say hello see if they can get contributions from sure, us. Sure, of course. She was with me because we have dinner and everything. And Ray Meyer was no longer the coach, but he did the uh, the radio broadcast. He was the, he was the man that did the uh, color commentary. So he comes in and he says to, to us, hey, hi. He, in, her name is Helene. He call, always call her Helen. Hi, Helen. How, Ronnie? Great to see you. Helene says, well, what do you think, Coach? Ronnie did the right thing by marrying me. He says, oh, you know your old coach. I had my ways. <laughs> I'll never forget that. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> uh, only took 25 years to get that out of him. <laughs> 35. 35 years 35 to get that out of him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's tremendous. But I have to tell you about Ray Meyer. He was a wonderful person. Uh, when I graduated, he said to me, you ever need help, you come to me. I'll do everything I can for you. And I know personally that he helped certain, like Howie Carroll. He uh, was a great basketball player mm-hmm. in DePaul. We knew Helene graduated high school with Howie. Oh, yeah. he helped I'm actually going to interview his son later today, Josh. Yeah. Josh is, oh my God. Oh my yeah. God. How about with that? Hershey. In, Hershey. In high wow. Hershey was a sensational basketball player. Mm. And nice uh, yeah, it was, it was really nice. So, oh my uh, God, he's such a cool Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, I mean, oh. those, are, those are the memories. It was yeah. wonderful. That's great. Well, um, normally the last thing I ask everyone, and maybe you've already answered this, is I normally ask, how has camp affected your life? Now, I know the big one. <laughs> but outside of that that we just covered, um, how else would you say that camp has affected well, your I life? Think, I think that uh, being an athlete, uh, it gave me a chance to participate against teams like Menominee, with Mickey Gitlitz, the team that came over from the, uh, the guys that are uh, – going to be priest mm-hmm. participating with that the, the whole thing uh, I think it matured me as a person mm. very importantly really and it set me up and I, I, I got a ton of confidence to go out and play basketball and be successful as I was and of course I met Helene 
And uh, it just, Mickey Schwartz and I are today are still, we go out. Reva just had surgery. We're waiting for her to right. heal for the back surgery. We're going to go out again before we go to Florida. And uh, it just, I mean, Davey Bowen we were friendly with. Hmm. Guys like Harvey. I mean, I can name guys after guys after guys. And uh, I go to work out now at Equinox in downtown Highland Park. Who's there? Stu Nitzkin. Hmm. And uh, Darren uh, Annixter. Yeah. So it just continues. Yeah, it doesn't stop. And uh, Stu sees me and... We started talking. The next thing I know, next week, he brings me two Ojibwa shirts and an Ojibwa sweatshirt. Nice. <laughs> and, it, I mean, it was just like, you know, it's it's just like your, your brothers. Yeah. It's just like that's that's what Ojibwa was. Just that relationship with these two young guys and, and how, you, how you develop it and you feel like you're friends because you all went to Ojibwa. Mm. That's what Ojibwa was. That's really what it was all about. I can't explain it any better. I think that says it all. Okay, another one in the books. Ronnie Lakin and his plus one. What a great story. There's been a few great camp love stories, marriage stories over the years. This is right up there. At the top of the list, though. Thank you guys so much for coming in. Hope everyone out there is having a happy Martin Luther King Day weekend. Long weekend from work. Enjoying a little relaxation here this January. Hopefully the bad weather is let up. New York City has finally become a little bit less lovely. If you want to get in touch with the podcast, as always, you know how. Drop me an email, Christopher at campojibblehistory.org, or just swing by the website, campojibblehistory.org. Check out all the new stuff that's going up there. There was a little minor glitch with Josh Carl's uh, tape clips last week, but those are now up and live. Check those out, campojibblehistory.org. Click on sounds. They are definitely a lot of fun. I'm out of here for this week. I'll see you guys next week. You know what I'm doing. I'm going out for a cigar. <laughs>